But I would like to turn everybody's attention to what we're going to do for four weeks, unless the Lord leads us in a different... And we're going to talk about that man I've been saying a lot about uh, for several minutes now, Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about a term, and I want to speak to you about the humility of Jesus Christ. And we're going to, we're going to try our best to, to look at this through uh, Paul's writing in the second chapter of Philippians. And there's, there's two parts of this that everybody, you, you really need to make sure that you get both parts of what I'm going to share with you today because this right here will be the recipe for the best Christmas you've ever had, guaranteed. Uh, it, it'll be the most fulfilling, not only as a, as, a, as a person that's celebrating, but as a Christian and as a, a soldier of the cross that I prayed about this will help you so much if you can just say, Lord, I want this, I need this, even though it's hard for me. And so, when Jesus first came to this earth, he was identified, and I'm kind of I'm going ahead so I, can, so I can put a picture in your mind. When the Lord was dealing with me about this, I just saw that donkey that we always see around the manger scene at Christmas every year. I saw this donkey and I couldn't get it off of my mind. And um, the donkey in the Bible is referred to as, as the lowliest of beasts, the lowliest of animals. It's just a very meek, mild, you know, not a lot of get up and run at all in a donkey. A donkey's just kind of there. And I think of all the animals that Jesus uh, is identified with during his earthly ministry. When he was here, it was a donkey. And he could have done anything. He, he created everything. He could, have, he could have made a brand new animal if he wanted to, if a, if a stallion, if a horse wasn't good enough. He, he could have created a, a, a dynamic creature. But no, he chose a donkey to do this. And I think he did this because so people... One of the reasons, anyway, is because people knew that, that donkeys were always kind of down low. They didn't get a lot of respect. They didn't get a lot of attention. They were a humble beast. And in order for you and I to get what God has for us, we've got to look at Jesus Christ through the eyes of hu humility. And so I want to start with verse 1, and then we're going to just go through these eight scriptures together, okay? It says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, and I know there is, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded or just like this, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing, everybody say nothing, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Bible, the King James says, uh, vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Look, I, I, you, you got to be listening to this. Look, each of you, let each of you not look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in 
Christ Jesus. Now, what we're going to do, I just read the first part of this. This kind of gives all of us the backdrop of the kind of attitude, the mindset of Jesus Christ, and the way the Lord himself thinks. And now what we're going to do right this minute is we're going to go up to heaven before Jesus came down to the earth, before we get to that cute manger scene with all the animals and then later the shepherds and then, you know, uh, uh, all the things that you hear about this time of year. Before any of this happens, I want everybody in here, before I read this, I want you to take about 10 seconds and think of the best vacation or vacation spot you've ever been to in your life. I mean, seriously, I want you to try your best to think. And you can't say south of the border or um, if you're from Richmond County, we'd say Ellerby Springs rest stop up there. Um, but no, seriously, I want you to think of the best place you've ever been to and you hated to leave and all that. Okay, you've got that in your mind. There is no way that spot, that destination can even begin to, to compare to what I'm about to, to, to try to, to tell us all here. And that is when Jesus Christ was in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. Verse 6 says this, Who, talking about Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery. Now, y'all got to listen to me because I already see some thieving going around. I, I see the enemy stealing, you know, faces. We'll give it away every time. So, I'm, I know what I'm going to say, but if you're not, if you're not in then you're going to miss something that might change your life and save your life. I don't know. So you've got to evaluate, is it worth being distracted right now? But he didn't, he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking on the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man... He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. And what I want to begin telling you today is that that destination in all of our minds, I enjoyed when I was in Montana. Man, I've been trying to go for 30 years, get back. Don't look good at this point in my life, but I enjoyed that. Wanted, I, I wanted to go back and all that. And spend time, and there's other places all of you could bring up probably uh, that, man, I just hated to leave. I wished it never ended and all that. Well, Jesus was in a place that none of us, the Bible says the half of it, the description of half of what heaven's like has not even been given to us because there's no way we can comprehend it. We're made out of, uh, we're humanity. There, we, we can't comprehend a place like heaven. We can't. We can hear about walls of jasper, streets of gold, gates of pearl we can hear about the tabernacle and all the other things the thrones and the mansions and all this all the songs that's been written but still it doesn't even scratch the surface on what heaven was like where jesus was seated right beside god and all of the attention and all of the focus and all of the praise was on him and he did not think 
twice about leaving all of that that you still can't grasp what it was to come down, to leave that destination that he was at, that he's waiting to take you to one day. He, he didn't give it a second thought, the Bible says, to leave that, but he had to do some things, and that's what the Lord has been dealing with me about. So unity is what we read about in the first four or five verses about how we ought to love and treat one another, and that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to look at because this is the mind that you're supposed to have. See, before you can be a humble person like Jesus, you've got to be, a, be willing to be a unified person like Jesus was with the Father and the Spirit. That's why he didn't think he was getting the short end of the stick when, oh, I got the short end of the straw here and I've got to be the one to leave all of this and go down there and go through all that. See, he didn't think it was robbery, you see. And he was that way because he, the Spirit, and the Father are one. And if you want to see what God can do before you take your last breath, you get in one mind and one accord of these people around you right here with your family, your, your household, and it will blow your mind what God can do because I'm telling you, folks, God does not wink or he doesn't just casually glance at unity wherever he can find it at. It's a big deal with God because that's what, that's what the Trinity has and that's what Jesus did not did not even think he was sacrificing. He knew that he would always be unified whether he was in heaven or whether he was down here doing the earth. So in order to have this unity that we're talking about right here, the first thing you've got to have, and you can take a picture of this stuff, you can write it down, you can memorize it, you can go back and watch it later and write it down, but it's valuable stuff, and it's in your Bible, by the way. But the first thing you've got to know is that the Bible told us when we read it just a moment ago is we've got to have the same love, one accord and one mind. We've got to have it. It, it can't be kind of sort of like the same love. It's the same love when I'm not mad at you or upset with you or you're doing something that I really like and enjoy. No, same, same, no, no fluctuation. It's identical. It's the same. That right there, when he was talking about that, he was talking about a consistent love. It's got to be one that doesn't waver. In fact, when Jesus left heaven, when he came down here and people started treating him wrong and cussing at him and saying, you're not who, you say, you're, not who you're claiming to be, it didn't drop off. Same love. You, and, and, and that's what you and I have got to get to in, in these last days. We've got to have a consistent love. We've got, and you know I talk about it, especially when we talk about Acts. We've got to have a consistent love. But the next thing we've got to have, if we're going to have unity that's going to do something else here in a minute, we can, we can absolutely let nothing, and I, be, I mean nothing, be done through strife or vainglory or selfish ambition. That right there is a pure love. So we've got to have consistent love for one another, but we have also got to have a pure love. It's not a fake love that I'm trying to just have a good, you know, cover face here, a mask on. No, it's a pure love. I, I really genuinely love you, and I know you don't like me. I know there's things that I've done that's upset you, but I really, that does not hold the weight. That by, In fact, I, I, can't even, I can't even let that register with me. I can't let it register because I just love you so much. You've got to have a pure love. We've got to have absolutely nothing. We can't have false or fake motives. 
The next thing, we've got to let others. We've got to esteem each other, the Bible says, better than our own selves. Let each esteem others better than themselves. So what that is, that's a preferred love. That means I prefer you. I'm not trying to look out for me first and, and benefit me, and then I'll get to you. I'm trying my best to have a preferred love. I want to do what's best for you. What's best? I, I, I don't care if I've been doing it and it's wearing me out. I still, I, I, I want to have a preferred love that's going to cause me to just see what's going to be in your best interest. That's what it means when you esteem others better than yourself. I, I put you higher than me. And the fourth thing is you've got to be willing to look not every man on his own things. And that's a concern love. I'm not concerned about what I'm going to lose in this. I'm not concerned about what the fallout is going to be. on. I'm not concerned that I'm not going to get to me first. I'm concerned about you. I, I, I want what's best for you. I want to do that. And, and I'm going to do that. And I'm not even going to tell you I'm going to do that. I want to do. So I've got to, I've got to know. If I'm going to have this unity that, that Paul tells us about before we even get to the fact that Jesus left, I need to know what was, the, what was going on in heaven and, and the kind of attitude and mindset Jesus had before he was willing to come down here for you and for me. So he had a consistent love. He had a pure love. He had a preferred love. But he also had a concern love. Now, I'm telling you, something will not be on Facebook today. Nobody will do a selfie with this caption. I'm telling you, it ain't happening now. Nobody is going to beat the doors down to do this in your life. The only people that carry this out is the people that I talked about a while ago, that Jesus is your true heartbeat and passion. It's not going to jump on you, and I'm about to show you this. It's not going to happen because you came to church today. It's got to be something that, that, that you do. You've got to do it. You've got to be consistent in your love. You've got to be pure in your love all the time. You, you, you can't have, well, I am pure, I'm consistent, unless this is going on. If it's falling in my favor, I'm doing that. That ain't what it looked like when Jesus was in heaven before he left. So unity and something else go hand in hand. And that's the thing I told you about, and that's humility. So in, in order to have unity, in order to have unity, you've got to have, you've got to do those, these things that I'm about to tell you. In order to have those things that bring about unity and look like unity, you, you've got to be able to do the things that the Bible tells us beginning in verse 6. Number one, you've got to do this right here. Jesus, the Bible says, he, he thought it not robbery. That means you can't have a bad deal kind of attitude. And I sort of shared it with you a while ago. But when God is asking you or showing you the big picture, folks, and he's showing you, it's really, I know this is going to rub you wrong, but it's not really about you. It's not about you. Nothing, 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 and I mean nothing on this earth was about Jesus from the time he left until the time he, everything on this earth from the time he stepped out of heaven and he was willing to walk out 
and arrive in a manger. It was about you and it was about the big picture glorifying the Father, completing the Father's will. Nothing was about Jesus. He didn't spend one millisecond on this earth anything for his own personal well-being. He didn't do it. It was all for Jesus Christ. It was all for you is what Jesus did. So he didn't think it was robbery, you see. And when God asks us to do things sometime, and you know, we, to be more like Jesus, to be more like, that's all I ask, to be more like him. That song we learned growing up, and when, when you want to be more like Jesus, you are going to be willing to say, well, I can't, I can't look at anything around me. I can't think that I, I, you know, God must not love me. I must have done something wrong. He's asking me to do this. You can't have a bad deal attitude. You can't think you're getting shafted. You, you've got to think that you are the one that God thought enough of you, folks, to allow you to step out of the comfort zone, the place you like, the place you are in your life at this time to come down here. The next thing the Bible says in verse 7 was he made himself of no reputation. Now this right here, is probably one of the biggest cliffs in this whole message today because he made himself of no reputation. I know, well, I would say I would give an age, but now with social media, there's no such thing as if you're under 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70. Everybody has a, and I hate to use this because this still doesn't, register with everybody but everybody loves a cheers mentality and you know what I mean you you want people to know you you want people well no I don't yeah yeah we do in some form or another we've got to have likes we've got to have follows we've got to have friends we've got to have reposts we've got to have people that just are stroke us and all we, we got to have all these things and so our reputation is something that we're not willing to part with most of the time. We, we, we've got, because, you know, I've worked hard, and you can finish this, can't you? I work hard to get where I am. And that's true a lot of times, folks. But Jesus, listen to me. I'm talking about the man that was part of making the heavens and the earth and creating human beings. You hear me? But he made himself, he had all the reputation in heaven. The Son of God, seated at the right hand of God. Praise all the time, never ending. But he still made himself of all the reputation to absolutely no reputation at all. So when he made himself do that, he spent his whole ministry, 33 years on this. Here you go. Here's the cliff I was talking about, avoiding the spotlight. Characters, old characters, current characters that may know. What's the two words? Show glory. SG. That's an inside joke with people that have been a character over the years. But on a very serious note here, I want you to know that Jesus did not do things. In fact, his brothers wanted to know why in the world? Why, why won't you show yourself? Let, they wanted him to be superstar brother. You see what I'm saying? But he says, no, he avoided the spotlight until God was ready to reveal him to the earth. 
he, he avoided the spotlight and then he didn't go looking for it. He made himself of no reputation. And if you are going to be what God can really do in your life and you can have the best Christmas you've ever had, you're going to have to learn, man, you know what? The spotlight is not what I'm looking for today. And it's going to be a real problem if you're under 20. It's going to be a huge problem. Well, my word, no, under 40. Facebook tells it all, amen? Snapchat, Instagram, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they tell it all. You can't hide. You don't want to hide, do you? No, it's not about hiding. It's about the big light. And so see, that right there, that's going to eliminate, going back to what we just talked about, that's going to eliminate being in 100% unity with somebody somewhere, and it's not worth it, and you'll see that. The third thing the Bible says in the last part of verse 7 was he, now verse 6, he made himself of no reputation, but verse 7, he chose or he took the form of a servant. Again, we're still in heaven. He, he hadn't left yet, okay? It's like he took off, and I'm not being disrespectful. It's like he took off this kingly robe. This, this crown, he took all that off and he put on an old tattered robe that, that nobody would have wanted. And the Bible says he took that. He could have went in the wardrobe of heaven and picked out anything. He could have come as a superstar. He could have come as some kind of great king, and he was the king of kings, but he could have come in a splendid way. A ruler, an emperor, a leader. He could have come whatever kind of uniform he wanted. But no, he looked in the closet and he said, Mm-mm, to do this right and to do it the way I got to do it. Let me, let me. And he grabbed, out, he grabbed out the servant, the servant outfit, and that's what he put on, you see. So he chose, the king chose to be a servant. So all this was going through here. He knew this before he left heaven. And then the Bible says not only did he make himself of no reputation and he chose to be a servant, but he also humbled himself. Verse 8 says, and I want to tell you right now, that humility, if you don't learn nothing else today, I want you to learn this right now. Humility is not automatic. Jesus made, Jesus made, Jesus made himself. Made himself, made himself, made himself. You're talking about leaving a world that you and I can't imagine and coming down here to, to this world, leaving that. He is Jesus and he can't do anything. But listen, the pattern here is it's not an automatic thing because our mind is trained now to be comfortable. Amen? <clears throat> now, when I'm able to preach, y'all need to help me, okay? There's a small little gap in here of me able to do that today. But listen, when you, when you understand I'm leaving my comfort, my convenience, I'm leaving my fan base, my, my praise, and I'm not being disrespectful to, to the, the, the scene in heaven at all. I'm trying to help us all see here today just what he did. He left all of that and knowing that he was going to have no reputation, he was going from hero to zero, if you will was going from everything to nothing. He was coming from, from being worshipped and praised and, and uh, uh, 
crowns thrown at his feet down here to where there was urine and there was feces and nobody even believed he was who he was. That's how he arrived with people saying it's a lie. It's a conspiracy theory. That ain't who that is. He ain't left yet, you see. So he had to make himself. And I'm telling you today that if you're going to fulfill the will of God before it's too late, you're going to have to make yourself. Yourself does not want to do it. We are entitled to be stroked. We are entitled. We've worked hard. We've sacrificed for our family. We've done all this. We haven't made decisions other people have made that are living in sin. We ain't made those decisions, but you have. You were born in sin, and we're entitled. So you've got to understand today, church, that humility is not automatic, and you're going to have to make yourself, lower yourself, give up your reputation, get off of social media, all platforms, and just take some time with God. I'm not talking about a measly fast neither. I'm saying divorce this stuff so you can find out what God really can do to you through these last days we're living in and say, God, I don't want reputation. If they put you as employee of the month, take your picture off the wall at work. Say, no, that's okay. Give it to somebody else. Look, you're going to have to make yourself be humble. It won't happen because you came to church and cried today. It don't happen that way. And Satan is there to puff you up and get other people that just want something out of you to puff you up to make sure that you're not humble like Jesus. He's there. And the Bible also tells us that in verse 8 that he became obedient. He became obedient. So you see, folks, humility generates obedience. I can't do what God asked me to do. And you're right. You can't do. You, you can't. If you don't have that like mind for people around you that get on your nerves all the time, in the church, out of the church, everywhere you go, if you, if you don't do that, if you don't have a like mind, those, all those four loves we talked about, there's absolutely, and I, I've got to be honest with you today. I'm trying to be transparent. There is no way, no way you're going to be humble because you cannot be humble like Jesus until you believe in the unity of Jesus. It don't work. You can say, well, I'm just going to ignore them. I'm going to keep to myself. This is one of the, this is one of the things that's plagued this church for 20 years. Well, I just go in and mind my own business. And God did not raise up the church at the day of Pentecost for you to go into any church anywhere and keep to yourself and mind your own business. God put corporate worship in place so we could build each other up so that our praise together could glorify God and God could erupt and show himself strong in behalf of his people. And that's one of the biggest things that's plagued our church and all churches to some degree is to thinking, well, I'm just going in because I'm supposed to do it. It feels good. This is my time of the week to go mark this off the list. And that's not what God ordained, nor did he design. God made the church for you to dwell together, for you to cry together, for you to worship together, for you to celebrate together. And then when you do all those things together, then the gates of hell does not prevail against that kind of church because that's a unified church. And a unified church will also be identified as a, as a humble church. You see, a lot of churches doing a lot of great things, and I'm not taking away from those things. 
they're just doing great things. But if, if they are not equally known by their humility, God help me, please, Lord, help me. I want to get through with this today, okay? But listen to me. Everything uh, a, a year, two years, I don't know, they will remember, Angie and Eric and Nikki will remember, I think two years ago, 2019, maybe we went to Alabama. Was it that then? And one thing we learned when we went, uh, and that was a, that was a, a, a church conference, we, we picked up a lot of tools. And this church has like 30 campuses. But I'll tell you, even down to the way their people dress on stage, this is one thing, their workers that work, their worship service. In fact, when if they would have what we call smoke or haze in here during praise and worship or during a scene when they were highlighting different things, maybe a, an object or something like that, the pastor would want it gone when it's time to preach because even down to their clothing, he would not, he, he said, no, we don't want any distraction. So they had a dress code way, um, the way the men and the ladies, they didn't have all these things. And, and, and now people's going to th think I'm throwing stones when I say this, but I'm trying to make a clear point about humility here. Humility will even be reflected in your wardrobe and your attire. You know, I've seen enough toboggans and tattoos and haircuts and tight jeans and all this and chains and gangs. And, and, and I'm wondering, man, who, who are y'all really wanting us to worship here? Boy, that, that, that went over good. Let me say that again, okay? <clears throat> and here's the bad deal. There's so much good praise and worship music out there. I think you cannot be in a praise and worship church now un, 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 unless you, your fashion it makes a statement, unless you make a statement or... And all that is is to bring attention. There's no way. And people will come up with these things where we're just trying to relate to the world. Well, look, the Bible has never, ever, ever, not one scripture in this whole book has said that the church is supposed to relate to the world. In fact, the Bible says come out from among them. You're supposed to be like a light, sitting on a hill, shining, so they want to come to where you are. And see, that's where we are now. I, I, you know, God, you, I, I, I'm going somewhere. And I got I to gotta get to where I need to be. But I'm telling you, humility. You can do a lot of good things. And I'm not throwing off on We use a lot of different churches and th that's got great music out. I mean, I can go down the list. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not throwing mud today. I don't want you to get distracted at what I'm saying. But I want you to understand, everything you do when you love Jesus Christ it will be reflected if you are a humble person in the way you the way you confront people, the way you dress for God. You don't want any attention. Man, all the glory goes to Him. And I'm not just meaning on stage. I mean in our everyday lives. You don't want a million selfies on you. It's not about this self. It's about that self that thought enough about this self to come down to that self to save all of ourselves. That's who it's about. And all the glory and honor needs to go to him we don't need a platform we don't need a spotlight it all needs to go to him so he became you see how how much humility it took for Jesus to leave and see that right there that scene right there that's our heaven scene but do you understand what I'm telling you what Jesus had to do what he had to Jesus saw the big picture he saw for himself that the best seat 
in a lot of people's eyes was down here doing what God said to do. And the reason I think the Lord has brought this up at this time of year about humility, because you will not, I challenge anybody to go find five sermons anywhere preached on the planet about humility today or in the last month. I hope you, I hope, I hope I was wrong. Because you see, humility is something that Satan has tried to bankrupt the church of. See, we think it's a bad thing. We think it's an unpopular. I won't be noticed. I won't be liked. But you don't know, so church, you don't know that when you are humble, look at the things that Jesus accomplished. But he started out with humility. I'm telling you, and I'm not trying to be a TV preacher here, but I really believe that your better days, if you live them in unity and humility, are in front of you. I, I don't think the good old days is what you will leave this life talking about. I think the good humble days, the good unified days, I'm glad I got it together, Lord, before it was over with because there's nobody in here or on the face of this earth can give you what God can give you when you are a unified, humble person. They can't do it. Money won't buy it. People won't buy it. Nothing else. And I just want to tell you today before we, before we leave that... You know, God, he warned us in Scripture about materialism and he warned us in Scripture about pride and the cares of this life. And he, he, he even warned us about worry. He did. And as long as Satan can keep me preoccupied with all of those things, instead of, Lord, I've got to be about what you want me to be about, then there's no way we, we will... We'll leave here feeling like the people that sing the song, just give me a cabin in heaven. I don't tell people, are you really serious? You know that mentality, I just want to kind of crawl in, get to heaven any kind of way? There ain't going to be no crawling in for people that's going, folks. Do you know the Bible says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's faster than lightning that you are going to be with him in glory, I mean, caught up together in the clouds with people that's already died. I mean, it's quicker than I can even say how quick. And then you will be with the Lord forever in glory. There won't be no crawling in. There won't be no cabins up there. None of that. Mansions. I think the Lord, I think he can say cabin as good as he can say mansion. And he said, in my father's house are many mansions. And so, see, you won't have to say, well, this is how I had to leave, just trying to get by, just try to get in and all this other kind of stuff. No, it's God's will and God's intention for you to leave here like a flame of fire, loving people, humble, and you are proud that you are humble and you wouldn't take any plateau anywhere that anybody offered you. You wouldn't take it. And so Satan will use all these things to, to try to distract you and make you think that, well, it's about you, man. You need people to know who you are, you know. Look, at they're getting all the attention. They, they, they're the ones going to get picked. They're the ones that everybody likes. And see, young people go through this. But I found out, no, it ain't just young people. It's everybody. Everybody. And so, are you willing to come to a place? You know, we ain't left heaven yet. But are, are, are you willing today, and I need you to listen, that will cause you discomfort? You're knowing it's going to mean your reputation 
It doesn't mean you're going to do something bad and people are going to talk about it. But I'm going to t- can I tell you this? And all of you know this, probably at some degree or another. Whether you do good or you do bad, somebody's going to love it and then somebody else is going to twist it and it was the worst thing you could have possibly done to them. Amen? When I was in business, I learned this from another pastor that told me an old saying, reminded me one day, just trying to make something right that was wrong. And he said, oh, you know what they say, no good deed goes unpunished. And so see, you and I have to understand that when we take on the reputation of Jesus Christ, he came unto his own family and his own received him not. So everybody's not going to love me, but I, I want to be applauded by the Lord. And so are, are, are you willing to leave, you know, and embrace discomfort or rejection or misunderstanding and all for the benefits of everybody else? And you know, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start with, before you worry about humility, that consistent love, pure love, it's got to be pure. You can't be fake, man. Look, and I hate to use this term. God forgive me if this is wrong for me saying this. But I want you to get it, okay? So I'm paraphrasing. Your poker face does not work as good as you think it does. Did anybody understand what I said when I said that? We think those masks are really good and they're dependable and they work. They don't. See, we have... If you're spirit-filled, there's a great chance you may have the gift of discernment, but even if you don't, and you're just a good person that's got a little bit of a brain, I mean, you got some CS, some common sense, and you, you know when a person's jerking around and when they're not true and when they're not transparent. And so the love we've got to have, it's got to be a pure love. And, and it's got to be, he made, he made, he made. Humble, you've got to make yourself love people. You've got to make yourself be consistent. You can't drop because they drop. You can't let them determine the love factor. Uh-uh. And you also got to be willing to have a preferred love. And that's one of the hardest things to do today is prefer somebody at this time of year. Are you kidding me? Do you know what I want this year? I'm going to ask you to stand, and then I'm going to talk about this as we pray. A concern love. Concern love. You see, it was all out of concern because all of this started when you and I were separated because of sin. And the Father longed to be again one more time to have an intimate relationship with man that he created in his own image. See, sin messed that up. And so this big picture I've talked about all day that required Jesus to gladly leave all of that to come down here. It was really about, it was about you so God could have you as his own. Not so a priest once a year could keep going into a tabernacle somewhere in the Middle East somewhere. No, it was so that he could sit down with you and you could sit down with him in the middle of the night when all else had failed 
and nobody heard you. Nobody had a preferred love for you or a pure love. But there would be a God in heaven and his son Jesus Christ that would know what you mean when all you could do was cry. And he would say, don't worry. I've come to earth so that you could have life and you could have it more abundantly. I hear your cry. I know what those tears mean. And you don't have to say a word. I can hold you. And Jesus said, look, that means more to me than staying up here for 33 years and just allowing this to keep going on. I'm willing to go. I don't have to have a reputation. My goal, Father, is for us to enjoy man again. Hallelujah. And to have man at our feet and to have man in our lap again and to be able to have man to hold him, to hold her, to love them, to walk with them, to give them the kingdom, to give them more of ourselves. It means more to me to do that. And Jesus was willing to leave heaven and do all that just so you could be restored to the Father again. And here's the news, folks. There's people. This picture is just... It, it, it is just a pattern today all over again for you to see there's somebody that can be brought to Jesus right now if you'll change the way you are living. If you will say, well, look, it's not about me. It's not about me. I've got to start with my family. I've got to start with my church family. And then I've got to start with the undesirables, the people that I am trying my best to avoid at work and school. That's where the money is right there. That's where you're going to really get down to the nitty-gritty and walls are going to fall, chains are going to break, relationships are going to be restored, people are going to be better off because God always honors unity, I said, and then you're going to find out, look, we're just glad to do this for Jesus. And then somebody on this earth is going to look and see, well, I hadn't seen that. That person right there, they're just a humble person. They just love. Look at how they treat one another. Look at how they love each other. Look how they don't even want you to talk about them. Look how they avoid all this. I never see anything about it. They're always trying to help somebody. They say, I need that. I don't have that. That's why I'm in a lot of relationships. That's why I turn to drugs. That's why I run from church. That's why I don't even pray. That's why I don't even really believe in God anymore because all of that. But, but that's different right there. There you see. See, that's what God is looking for, church. And that's what's available this day in this church service and for the rest of this year and the remainder of your life. If you'll just say, God, I I'm in. I'm all in. Is anybody in? If you'll just come. We need some fans on now. But if somebody would come to this altar and say, look, I know this is going to be a tough walk. I love that reputation I got going on right now. I just got a star by my name. I hit another status. And I'm not specifically speaking about social media. I just got to another place. But you realize, listen, there's more that I haven't tapped into than I have tapped into. And if Jesus was willing to do it for us, church, should not we be willing to do it for him? At your lightning in the sky, I shudder. Your glory is a It feels like there's not enough praise inside me. 
person in this building or online, you've not allowed the Lord to. save you you can't undo him leaving heaven to come he's already done that you can't say well I don't want it to count for me he's, he's, he's done it for every person with all the gifts that will be handed out this year I don't want you to bypass that and you see it takes it takes some some admitting to come to Jesus. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. A lot of people say, well, I, I'll get there another way. There's no other way. A lot of people think, well, I'll just do it another day. You, you don't know you have another day. And all you have to do is say, Father, I didn't realize you left all of heaven for me, and I ask you to forgive me. I don't want to be left here. I don't want to be without you the remainder of my life on this earth. If that's you, if you'll just pray to God out of a pure heart, God will save you. God will save you. And he'll do a work in you that you could never imagine. And anybody in this place right now, that whether it's situations or people or personal things about you. Listen, the whole point of today is God to help us all. I mean all of us, starting with me. I, I, I need help. I, I need everything that we read together. I, I need every bit of this. I, I'm not here. I haven't arrived. I'm still made out of flesh. And I want to be a person of unity so I can be a, a, a person of humility because then I can help a lot of people like Jesus did. So, Father, I lay all my relationships. I want to have a pure love, Lord. I want to have a consistent love, Lord. I don't want it to change with the seasons, God. God, I, I want to have one that's, that's always, Lord, concerned. Father, would you help us all today to realize that if we will invest the remainder of our lives into everybody else then there's some people that won't be left to get eaten by animals or beheaded or just destroyed in general I pray God that you would help me to know that one day soon I'll see you and it won't be in a manger no more it won't be on a donkey. But I'll see you around that throne where you were seated before you thought enough of us to leave. And I'll be able to fall on my face, Lord, like we sang today and run into the throne room, Lord. I'll be able to run to the throne of Almighty God, Lord, and worship you in all of your beauty and splendor. We have not done this in so long. But this is the way I'd like to leave. And if you don't know it, you'll pick it up real easy. I once was blind, but now I see. Think about what you're saying today. I once was blind. I don't know how, but when he touched me. I don't know how, but when he touched me. 
that you would bless and keep these people, Father, this week. You'd make your face shine upon them. You would be gracious to them, Lord, that you would turn your countenance upon them. Lord, you would give that peace that passes understanding. You know the world we live in, God, and you know how bad the enemy wants us all. He wants to rip us and destroy us, Lord. But your word promises us that greater is he, that's you, Lord, that sent us, than he is, the one that's in the world. So I pray, Lord, as we leave this week, help us to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves, and help us to love like we've never loved before, and God, and want you more than anything. In Jesus' name, amen.